Hi, this is Mrs. Bell from the River Ridge Learning Commons, and this is episode three of River Ridge Reads, where we are reading Nim's Island by Wendy Orr. Today we're going to read chapters five and six. In chapters one through four, we have met Nim, her father Jack, and her two friends, the animal friends that live on the island. Um, Jack went away to study some plankton, and his a storm blew up and damaged his boat, so he has not been able to make it back. In the meantime, um, Nim has communicated with an author via email and is doing an experiment to see how many coconuts it would take to build a raft. So she's seeing how the coconuts float um, in the cay of the island that she lives on. So um, Jack was able to get communication to Nim through one of the birds by tying a note onto its leg. And so she knows that her dad is okay and that he is on his way home. So we are going to pick up now with chapter five. Nim stood in the doorway, looking out to sea one last time before the sun set, just in case Jack got home faster than he thought. Because no matter how much she liked reading letters from Alex Rover, she would like to see Jack sail even more. Through the shadows, she could see not a boat, but a brownie green dot floating on the waves. Chica's coming, Nim shouted, but Selkie and Fred had settled down for the night. Selkie grumble barked, but neither of them moved. In a few minutes, it would be completely dark. Nim pulled on her sweater and grabbed the flashlight. Its light shone pale in the dusk as she jumped down the rocks to Turtle Beach. Walking slowly on the cold night sand, she turned off the flashlight and waited. The turtle paddled steadily toward her, a hump of shell glooming in the dark gray waves, and heaved herself onto the sand. Nim crept closer. Welcome home, Chica. Chica was too busy to answer. She dragged her huge body up above the reach of the highest tide and started scooping out sand with her strong front flippers. It was hard grunting work. Nim squatted beside her, watching quietly in the darkness and wiping away sand from the turtle's watery eyes until the hole was just as deep and wide as it needed to be. The stars scattered brightly and were mirrored in the sea. A fat crescent moon rose amongst them, and egg after round white egg rolled into the bottom of the nest. Ninety-nine, Nim whispered as Chica pushed sand back onto the hole. Rocking her heavy body back and forth till the sand was thumped hard and smooth. She didn't want anyone else to know where her precious babies were hidden. Maybe in a few years, Nim told her, 99 turtles will come back and lay their eggs here too. For as long as she could remember, Chica had been the only turtle to swim out of the sea back to this beach where she had hatched to lay her own eggs. But maybe this year, some of your daughters will be old enough. She tickled Chica's wrinkly chin till her wise turtle eyes blinked with happiness. You can meet them when they come to lay their eggs, and then their daughters will come back, and then their daughters, and there will be lots of turtles again. Chica blinked again sleepily this time. Nim kissed the top of her leathery head and followed the flashlight beam back toward her own bed. 
Jack didn't know why Chica liked to stay instead of leaving as soon as her eggs were laid, the way sea turtles were supposed to. Nim knew. Chica liked visiting her friends. She showed it in the way she rubbed her throat across Fred's spiky back, let Selkie sniff her nose, and let Nim tickle her chin. She showed it in the way she nodded and blinked when, as Nim wondered about the places she had been and what she had seen and told her what they had been doing and about Jack's broken rudder and Alex Rover's letters. Chica wasn't cuddly, but she was a good listener. As the morning got hotter, they lazed in the calm shadows off Turtle Beach. Chica was tired because she had swum hundreds of kilometers and laid 99 eggs. Nim was tired because she had stayed up so late watching Chica lay eggs. Selkie was tired because she had worried about Nim staying up so late. Fred wasn't tired, but he didn't mind being lazy if everyone else was. Just before sunset, Nim raced up to the vegetable garden to see what was ripe. She picked a lettuce and a tomato for a salad and dug up a sweet potato and baked it and a sweet potato to bake and a celebration bonfire with fresh limpets from rocks and coconut for dessert. To aka at incognito.net from jack.rousseau at explore.net Friday the second April Friday the second of April time eighteen twenty five. Dear Alex Rover, I didn't check the coconut experiment today because last night Chica came into Turtle Beach to lay her eggs and she likes me to sit with her while she does it. Chica is a green turtle and she likes Selkie and Fred too. So we spent nearly the whole day with her. Jack will be home soon too and he can check if I'm going to, if I'm doing the experiment the right way. From Nim, P.S. Keyhole Cove is just like you described it. To Jack.Rousseau at Explore.net from aka at Incognito.net Friday the 2nd of April time 1330. Dear Nim, I think the right way to do the experiment is any way my chief experimenter wants to. Now, I'm imagining Turtle Beach, pale gold sands marked by the flipper prints of a very special turtle, and your footprints beside her prints. I'm Turtle Green with Envy. Yours, Alex. Alex Rover sat and stared at her computer. It wasn't easy to see because the desk was stacked with books about oceans and islands, magazines about boats and rafts, videos about seabirds and animals. The walls were covered by a map of the world, charts of the moon and stars, paintings of the sea, calm and blue, wild and gray, and every other mood between, and pictures of sandy beaches, rocky cliffs, coconut trees, tropical islands, coral reefs, seagulls, and frigate birds. But Alex was thinking about Nim and wondering whether Selkie and Fred were her sisters and brothers or pets. Chapter 6 Nim woke up thinking about Alex Rover's raft. You can't hammer two coconuts together, she decided. But if I had a thin piece of board and lined the coconuts in rows, 
I could hammer a nail through the board and into the coconuts. But coconuts are hard to hold still while you hammer. They roll around so that sometimes you hit the wrong thing. Ouch, Nim yelled so loud and so often that Fred went to sulk in his cave in case it was his fault. After two hours, she had a black and blue thumb and a pile of coconut for lunch and one unsmashed coconut. Let's go and see Chica, said Nim. Chica was resting on the damp sand watching the tide go out. She blinked happily when she saw what her friends were carrying. Chica's favorite game was coconut soccer. That was what Nim called it because soccer was the only game she had seen a picture of and because nobody else had ever thought of a name for a game with a girl, a sea lion, a turtle, and an iguana all trying to be the first to get a floating coconut to shore. There were no rules except that Silky wasn't supposed to pull Fred's tail and Chica wasn't supposed to sit on the coconut underwater. Silky cheated a lot. Chica didn't cheat much, but when she did, she was very good at it. So Nim threw the coconut into the water and Fred dashed at it because he was the fastest and best at guessing where it would land. And Selkie sneaked under him and splashed the nut across the sea. Then she tried to throw Fred across the sea too, but Nim saw her and shouted. And while Selkie was trying to look innocent, Chica grabbed the coconut. She tucked it tight under her strong turtle chin and didn't even notice everyone tickling and pulling, wrestling and shoving. She towed them all toward the beach. And when she got to the edge of the water, she sank to the bottom with the coconut under her and wouldn't move. And since no one could move Chica if she didn't want them to, that was the end of the game. It was a tie, said Nim. Chica can't say she's won if the coconut's still in the water. So it's zero all. Chica looked as smug as a green turtle can look and didn't seem to mind at all. Late in the afternoon, Nim walked around to Keyhole Cove to check the coconuts. All 20 were still bobbing cheerfully around the cove, bumping and floating loose and free. I've got it, Nim shouted. To aka at incognito.net from jack.rousseau at explore.net. Saturday, 3rd of April, time 1820. Dear Alex Rover, I've been thinking about how you would make a raft. Hammering coconuts onto a board doesn't work because the shells break. And if it didn't break right away, I think bits of it would fall off later when then the raft might sink. What if you put the coconuts in a sort of bag? How would you make the bag? Where are you going to find your raft? Or, Oh, where are you going on your raft? From Nim. To jack.russo at explore.net. From aka at incognito.net. Date, Saturday the 3rd. Time, 1323. Dear Nim, I feel like a queen bee lazing while you buzz. A bag raft sounds perfect. Now, I just need a reason for my hero to find a large sack on a deserted tropical island. Or maybe a bad guy's stick him in a sack 
when they throw him overboard, as long as they don't tie him, tie it up too well, my hero is going to a tiny Pacific island where, faster than a shopper at a half-price sale, he'll set off again to rescue the lady hero. I'll be sitting at home, snug as a snail in its shell. I've attached a map I've drawn for the story. Click on the icon. With best wishes, Alex. Nim clicked and her stomach somersaulted. She stared at the map on the wall and the map on the screen and the map on the wall again. Jack liked maps. He drew maps of their island, the currents around it, and the places where they'd sailed. And because their island wasn't on the big map of the world, he had drawn it on that too, near the crossing of two lines. The one going around the world's middle, like a belt, and an up and down line curving with the shape of the earth. This is the hero's island, Nim whispered. And that must mean, Selkie, Fred, she shouted, Alex Rover's been to our island. I think, she added a little while later. It took a long time to go to sleep that night. Next morning, Nim sang her way through the weeding, the digging, and the picking. She hummed as she measured and marked her charts, and she sang so loudly when she climbed Lookout Palm to check for sails that the seagull dropped his fish. That's what we'll do today, said Nim, and she slid down the tree. She got her fishing rod and met Fred and Selkie at Turtle Beach. Chica was grazing the seaweed just where the water started to get deep. Selkie didn't like Nim to swim out deep, but she let her dive and visit for just a minute. Fred stayed with Chica to see if she had find an interesting sea plant he had never eaten before. Selkie chased Nim back, back and went out deeper to fish, and Nim climbed up the rocks where she had left her rod. The rod was bamboo, strong and springy. Jack had made it for her birthday and taught her to cast the line in the whistling arc, the best part of fishing, Nim thought. That was why she hated getting a fish first go. It was like finishing a ball game after one catch. Seven tries this time, and then a fish dancing silver on the end of her line. It was a good one to eat, the right size. Sorry, fish, said Nim, and killed it quickly. That was the part she didn't like. Selkie did, though. No matter how far away or how deep she was swimming, she always knew the instant that Nim had caught something. Wait, Nim ordered. But it was hard for Selkie to be patient when fish were being cleaned, and she was waiting for the guts and the bits that Nim didn't want. When the fish was cleaned and Selkie had stopped barking for more, Nim wrapped it in leaves and built a bonfire on the beach. She dragged some fallen down branches and driftwood into a pile and used dry palm leaves for kindling. When Nim and Jack had a fire at night, they used matches, but matches were precious because they came on the supply ship. So in the daytime, they used glass and the sun's own fire. She unscrewed the lens from her spyglass. She pointed it so that the sun shone a bright beam on her kindling. 
A brown match grew and glowed, and a small flame sparkled on the dry palm fronds, caught the small branches, and began to roar. Then she dropped a sweet potato into the hot coals, and she toasted her fish on a long stick. After lunch, they all lay on the edge of the beach. The tide rippled over them, and when it started to float them away, they moved further up. Nim got a book and read with her legs in the water and the rest of her on the sand. And every few minutes, she looked up to watch for sails and wait for email time. To aka at incognito.net from jack.russo at explore.net. Sunday, 4th of April, time 1826. Dear Alex Rover, I have never been so excited in my whole life, at least not since Fred learned to climb on my shoulders when I whistled. Are you really the hero, and have you been to our island? Because your map is exactly like our map, and your hero's island is exactly where our island is. Is that how you knew what Keyhole Cove looked like? And Turtle Beach, are you going to come back? From Nim. To jack.russo at explore.net from aka at incognito.net. Date, Sunday, 4th of April, thir- time, 1329. Dear Nim, this is as crazy wonderful as, well, I can't think of anything as crazy wonderful as an author making up an island and then emailing someone who lives there. I'll tell you how it happened. I made up a story about a brave hero and beautiful lady hero who sail around the world doing good things for science. To make the story exciting, I made up some bad guys who stole the boat, kidnapped the lady hero, and threw the hero overboard. But because the story needs a happy ending, I made up an island for him to land on where he could build a raft and sail after the bad guys to rescue the lady hero. So I looked on a map and I made a dot where there was an ocean current to help drift him to the island, where the weather was warm enough for coconuts to grow, and where it seemed like a good place for a volcano to have grown into an island long ago. Will you be my island eyes and tell me what you see? Because I haven't been there, Nim, and I'm not going, and I'm not hero enough to ever go there. All the best, Alex. And that's the end of chapter six. You'll have to wait till next time to find out what happens next. So in these two chapters, we met a new friend of Nim's, the turtle. And we found out, uh, let's see, the turtle's name is Chica. And we found out a little bit more about Alex Rover. Until next time, have a great day. Bye.